0: Welcome back to the Uncharted Podcast. I have a good friend, Adam, who's the CRO of Chargebee. Adam, welcome to the show. How are you? Thanks, boy. I'm well. And you? Well, I'm well. Thanks for asking. We've talked about doing this for a year. As they say, better late than never. But one of the ways we'd like to kick off the show, Adam, is by having you introduce yourself. So give us a little bit of context. It's taken a while to get here, but glad we did. And, and thanks for having me.
1: Currently, the CRO here at Chargebee, we're a subscription management platform, sell B2B, B2B, B2C, and, and provide the the tools to manage the whole subscription lifecycle for for businesses. Based down in San Diego, originally from Vancouver, moved down here about eleven years ago. And of course, once you get into the time uh, pelicans and palm trees, it's kind of hard to uh, hard to hard to leave. So I've been fortunate enough to to stay here. And I, I think I started with charge probably Three years ago, so it's been it's been an interesting journey. I started with these guys in February, and the world shut down in March. And thankfully, we're back opening.
0: So you've been here through the ups and downs of COVID, you know, to say the least. And and there's been good times and lots of highs, and there's been a lot of lows, right? And, and somewhere in between. And as we film this, we, we talked about this uh, while the world is still, you know, a little turbulent. I would say in our little bubble of SaaS, right would be hard to argue that not been in a recession, right? Some of these freaking companies from a valuation perspective have dropped in the last year by like 80, 90%, right? So for a company that's selling to that segment, right? Um, what are you guys doing? I'm just curious, you know, like, what are you telling your team? How are you guys trying to make the most out of these very interesting times?
1: That's interesting. We were just talking about this this earlier. So we're we're very much focused in the MB mid-market space today. And I, I think because companies are smaller, nimbler, you, you know, you saw a lot of, you know, a lot of the companies that we sell sell to start making some hard decisions, including ourselves, you know, last year. And now you're seeing, you know, the bigger, the bigger companies whose decisions were probably made around the same time, but they just take a lot longer to kind of get through the plumbing, like the Microsofts and the sales, sales forces. And you know, I don't think we're we're by any stretch out of out of the woods. And so You know, when I, when we talked to the team like last year, one of the, one of the things that I always, you know, remind them when we're kind of either via, via notes that I send or conversations that we're having is, is the fundamentals of our business haven't changed. You know, recessions are, are cyclical. I mean, if you think about, so we're, we're providing subscription management solutions to, to high growth SaaS companies. And our market's massive. It's fairly nascent. And so, you know, we lean back on that and say, look, if you think about the fundamentals of our business, the market hasn't changed. It's still the size it was, right? And our product offering that we have, we did three acquisitions last year, you know, solves real world problems is mission critical to our clients. And so that's not good. Co- that those things haven't changed. Those fundamentals are still the same. And it's important to lean back on those. And you know, you know, this time too shall pass, right? It's a they're they're cyclical, these things in nature. Although, you know, like like a lot of young SaaS companies and tech companies, there's a lot of employees that have never seen a cycle, a down cycle, right?
0: And what are you telling those folks, I guess, right? The the, the newish people, because like frankly, like you could maybe even put me in that category. The only real experience I have around the recession is I've been selling event sponsorships, right? And as soon as free March came, you talk about like your target market not changing. Ours went to zero, like overnight, right? Like it just disappeared. So we had to make the most out of those times. And now we've, I think come out stronger, but I'm curious, like, I think sometimes when you're early on and you've not seen it, that's when like fear and down and uncertainty kicks in. What's your suggestion to those folks?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, you know. A lot of it is, you know, getting back to basics, you know. And like down into its simplest form is is really getting back to to basics and and trusting the process and, you know, now more than ever, you know, you know, you should be doing this anyways, you know, as a sales organization and team, but really, really understanding your customer, their needs, the drivers, tangible impacts that you can have helping them solve the problems or achieve the results. You know, just that kind of getting back to basics and trusting that process and, and being diligent and following the process. Super important. You know, I, I've unfortunately been through a couple of these and it forces sales organizations and reps to stop their game. Basically. And in a lot of instances, you know, companies that have the resources will take this time to harden, harden their businesses. So they're prepared for that kind of, you know, coming out of this and 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 accelerating. And so, you know, when you're in high growth mode, you you tend to ignore a lot of a lot of things. You can outstrip your supply lines. And when things slow down, you get an opportunity to reset. And some of that is, you know, systems that you need to put in place and maybe never got to, or replace or enhance. So that's an element, and then I think the other. We just had our uh, our RKO, so our revenue kickoff, just like an SKO. And uh, I'm going to steal. Chris is our our CEO, and he used a really good analogy from a, a great book, Good to Great, by Jim Collins. And so he was thinking along the same lines I was about this back to basics. And in, in that book, they talk about the um, one of their strategies of good to great businesses is this the hedgehog. Principle. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but you know, it essentially is. It goes like this: There's, imagine a cunning fox hunting a hedgehog, and each day the fox comes up with a plethora of attacks and sneaky tactics, right? And each time the hedgehog responds in the same way. You know, it curls up into a spiky, unbreachable ball, and its, it's adherence to that simple strategy is the reason the hedgehog prevails day after day. And so, like, that's probably a really, you know, much more elegant way kind of describing not getting back to basics. And, And it's all about simplicity, right? And so the kind of follow on to that is, you know, the good to great companies find their own hedgehog concept and are always asking themselves, what can we be the best at in the world? What can we be passionate about? And what is the key economic indicator we should concentrate on? And it's kind of that simplicity thing. So that's an elongated probably version of answering your question.
0: It's brilliant because look, during the good times and during the bad times, at least when you're an individual contributor, right? It doesn't change. Just control what you can control and don't make stuff go crazy about things you can't, right? Like, so you can control your response time, your attitude, right? You know, increasing your at-bats, practicing your pitch, like those basic fundamentals, right? And again, no matter what the time is, just double down and, and continue being consistent on those things. One of the things I've admired about you is at least the last couple of years, you've sold to this CFO, right? And one way or another, I sell event sponsorships. And historically, we've never had to even go through a CFO. But now that's not the case, right? Now everyone's going through a CFO. So I'm just curious, at least from your experience, for someone that's newish to selling to this buyer, right? I would argue pretty much now everybody has to keep the CFO in mind. Yeah. What, what have you learned over the last couple of years about this buyer that you think are fairly true? preferable in terms of your suggestions for someone else that's now a little more newish.
1: It's a great, great question. And there, there's kind of two, you know, in in Chargebee's world, the CFO is you know one of our core buying personas, right? So we're selling into the CFO's office versus you know some other people will be selling through the CFO's office there because they're selling to another another firm. But you're right, you know, CFOs are the good ones have a, have a, an eye on the ball. assume uh, so when the procurements get to a decent size, they'll want they'll want to be involved, making sure that you know the resources of the business are getting put to uh, to good use and. And, you know, while their CFOs are trained to to look for risks and cost savings, but they're also looking at strategic growth for the company and how to drive results. Right. And I think that that sometimes gets gets lost on people. And I think the other the other thing that's important when you're thinking about conversations, pitches, or dialogue with the CFO or selling to the CFO is you know it's important to know and speak the metrics that matter to them. Right. Because if you fail to demonstrate the value, understand the specific business context. Or relate to their pitch, your pitch to the CFO's strategic narrative rather, then you're gonna you're gonna miss the mark. And and that that last piece about the CFO's strategic narrative, those the good ones tell stories through about the business through their metrics and numbers, right? And that's the strategic narrative. And if you're able to relate your product to how you can help them tell that story and that strategic narrative to their audience, and their audience could be could be the board, could be investors, could be the public market, that's great. So I think those two elements uh, out of that—the metrics that matter and understanding the strategic narrative—will help you uh, help you sell to those. And then there's a you know a whole tactical a slew of elements in there as well. Like if you think about you know they're focused on delivering value. Obviously ROI—it's got to have an ROI. Increases sales, reduces cost, improves efficiency, and and then understanding opportunity costs, right? Because it's a choice of forego and all of the other alternatives, and what's the cost? associated with remaining as is. And that's probably one of the biggest killers, right? The status quo. So if you can show, show them that you've considered that alternative of what it is for doing and doing some of that work for them, that'll help you as well. And then I think the last, the last piece is their, you know, their persona uh, is very much concise and direct communication. Absolutely critical. And uh, you know, if you think about putting a a pitch together for a CFO, start at the end. You know, that's exactly what exact exec summaries are, are for and simple and concise is important because what some people do, they like to show all the work that went behind how they got to where they get to. And what happens is too many figures and exhaustive descriptions they appear desperate and start illustrating a lack of confidence. So. You know be realistic on the roi your cost of all alternatives and that'll that'll be important in keeping your credibility with them a
0: kiss kiss as they say keep it simple stupid, keep it simple, stupid. You know, to, to make it and I'll get I'll just give everybody some context on how we're doing this at assess it maybe it will resonate a year or two years ago anytime someone sponsored sas or wanted to sponsor sa it was all about growth 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 yeah. we've actually pitched it slightly now a little different yes it's still about growth it's still being but if you think about it for your market SaaS is remote, right? Like let's look at charge meeting. Now everybody's distributed, right? So I think you would agree Adam, most people would want to probably see their customers, connect with their prospects, right? They want to be in those in-person settings. If I told Adam, hey, you can go meet all these customers in one setting, you know, as a sponsor or as an attendee, it's significantly cheaper to do it over the 3 days that Saasers is being hosted versus meeting them independently and individually, right? So Like, in other words, what I'm trying to say is literally the way we do it is like, hey, you're going to probably connect with 200 people, you times that by 2,500, 2,500 is how much it's going to cost to go see each of those people's, right? That's the opportunity comes. I'm not saying it's the, the best pitch, but at least that's how we've added some like cost savings, at least for the CFO. Right? Yeah,
1: it's so- true. But I mean, even, even like we did, you know, we our our fiscal year ends in calendar and we had a big deal and a big client that we were, you know, you know, one of the, one of our options was to, was to go sit down with them, visit them. and, you know, what we realized was they're not in an office. Either. So it's not like you can just kind of go and fly to, you know, fly to Boston and they're going to be all sitting in an office. They're all distributed as well. So you know, it's not only like us being distributed, but our clients are distributed. So even if you wanted to go do that on site, this you know, those 10 people that you want to meet are in 10 different, in different
0: States. Awesome. Yeah. A hundred percent. And Unless you're selling something that's so freaking strategic. Good luck. Look, this has been fantastic. One of the things we love to ask everybody before we say our goodbyes is if older, wiser Adam could go back to any time, what's one piece of advice you would give yourself? Good question. The definitely older. I'm working on the working on the wiser thing.
1: I think that's a a long a lifelong size uh, to get to. But you know, yeah, it's good. I look back and I think there's a couple missed opportunities for sure. Like I, I think I didn't doing my doing my diligence opportunities. I think I missed the boat on. For example, I got a you know there's a good friend of mine. I tried to hire him for a time and he he actually I mean, it didn't work out and he was he started the NetSuite office up in Toronto and it was about 2007 and 2008 and uh, we were doing really well at active and he said look come run Canada NetSuite for me I'm go- I'm moving to Colorado and we're going to start the sales thing there I didn't do my homework and diligence because if I would have like I look back and go wow oh, that was a fork in the road that could have changed the trajectory I mean everything's worked out great so far but would have accelerated by about 10 years I would imagine going down that path. So, you know, taking, you know, for me looking back and saying, you know taking doing doing my diligence and and thinking about those opportunities. And that, you know, that played through with a couple of, you know, early startups as well, where you know, I think I, I got hammered with the gloss, and then you know, as I started digging in, and once I got in, I was like, wow, we're we're a lot earlier, earlier than we were confusing, you know, market traction with product, with, you know, with product market fit, which aren't the same things. Uh, a couple of those things.
0: A hundred percent. It's and this is I think where, where it's important to remind everybody: and go go find a good mentor, right? Go find one or two people because yes, it's easy for you to be like, hey, do your own due diligence, but my top recommendation always is don't don't go to these things alone, right? You need. Yes set of advisors, set of trusted people that you can go through. But hey, you've turned out pretty okay for yourself, so don't don't be too hard on yourself to say the least. But uh, look, this has been again fantastic for everyone listening. I will put Adam's LinkedIn in the show notes. Reach out, thank him for coming on the show. Go connect with him. He's a he's a wonderful person that's always open to new connections. So, Adam, thanks again for coming on the show. We appreciate having you. Thanks, boy. Very kind words. Appreciate it. Yeah, pleasure's all ours. Until next time, everybody, be well, be safe, and catch you on the next episode. Cheers. Bye now.